everyone. Welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And boy, has it been a hot second since uh, we've been chatting with you guys. I know, right? You started saying that and I immediately started smiling really big. I've missed this. <laughs> it was really cute. And I am really excited. I actually, I immediately got stage fright. I was like, do I remember my lines? <laughs> I thought you were waiting for me to say it because I've started the introductions for the Patreon. <laughs> I was like, oh no. It's like brief pause while I remember <laughs> what I have to say. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys, welcome to season two of Novel Finds. We are so excited. We have a lot of good things lined up for this season. Um, But before we get into that, we just wanted to talk about our Patreon just for a quick hot second. It's a really good opportunity if you're looking for more bookish content from us to subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, we post content each week, which are mini-sodes, Q&As, book unboxings. We have some new fun stuff coming this year. Uh, That's just the backlog of what we've done last year, which is very cool. Very, very cool. And this summer, I will even be hosting an exclusive book club for all Patreon members. doesn't matter what tier you're in. You can all be a part of the book club. Nice. And if you're in certain tiers, you even get fun, exclusive Novel Finds merch after like three months or something. Yeah, I think it's three months. And yeah, honestly, there are four different tiers to choose from. So there's a lot of different options depending how much content you want from us, um, your favorite Novel Finds ladies. Yeah. And for more information on our Patreon, you can follow the link in our bio. But also... Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Maggie, do you know what I love more than books? What? Free books! Oh, thought you were going to say Tom Hiddleston. Oh, well, sure. But (laughs) (laughs) if you sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium using the link audibletrial.com slash novelfinds, you get a free audiobook. Wait, I sign up at audibletrial.com slash novelfinds and just automatically get a free book? Yep, you get a credit for whatever audiobook you want. The world is your oyster. This feels like when Belle saw Beast Library for the first time. Right? So sign up for a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash novel finds for your free audiobook today. And for those of you who are interested, I will put that link in our bio so you don't have to try to type that out yourself. Just click on the link and you'll go right there. Yeah. And with that, Julia, how are you doing, lady? I'm so good. How are you? I am living my dreams. Anything new going on in your life that the people need to know about? Well, I recently learned how to create reels on Instagram. I made one. I think it was on Galentine's Day, actually. Yes. Um, And it was really fun and kind of intimidating. And I just, I want to know how to make those cool ones where like multiple characters come in and talk to each other. But I feel like I'm a little far away from from that. Uh, But creating reels. I learned how to do that. I'm genuinely really proud of you. As someone who is a certified old lady in a young person's body, that feels like a really big step for me. Honestly, I had to Google how to make (laughs) reels on Instagram (laughs) and then watch a YouTube video. It was really embarrassing. It's just Just a humbling experience. It it was. It was (laughs) because I tried doing it without 
like Googling it, I was just like, I don't understand. Why isn't the sound playing at the same time I'm trying to do the video? Or like, why do I have to hold my thumb on the video thing? I wanted it to just record. So I had to Google it. But yeah, anything new in your life? Hmm. That is a good question. I guess not too much is new. Started my second semester of my master's. Still living in Scotland, still got a cute dog, and excited to keep reading some books. And what is your master's in again? Screenwriting. Oh, yeah. So hopefully I can write all those book-to-screen adaptations. Yes, that would be so cool. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much. Well, um, you guys, in honor of our first episode back with our second season, we are doing something similar to our very, very first episode where we talked about our all-time favorite book, The Night Circus. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, we're talking about our second favorite book. Right. Second season, second favorite book. That's just how it goes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maggie, what book are you going to talk about? Thank you so much for asking me. I am going to talk about The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. I was going to talk about a different book, but upon reread, my heart was just calling me to the flat share. It was like, no, please, just talk about this. I feel you there. I actually had kind of a small existential crisis when we had to figure out what our second favorite book was. Because <laughs> <laughs> first we're like, well, do we have a similar one? Let's just talk about another book that's that is the same. And then we're like, no, let's do our own favorite books. And then I was like, but I don't number my favorite books. And so then I had to like read three or four books in order to figure out which one I liked more than the others. It's Uh, really tough because I think I would say this is probably for both of us, but like I have a favorite book and then I have like mm -hmm. a general 10 other books that are my second favorite book. Yep. So... I don't know if this is precisely my second favorite, but it's one that I can never stop thinking about. So here we are. Well, there you go. We're here now. So we're here now. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Yep. We've already started recording. We're not going to restart it. Well, Julia. Yes. I noticed that you put your synopsis up on our Google Doc. So do you want to read that aloud for us? I did. I should probably tell people what book I'm going to talk about first. Mm, Yeah, go for that. (laughs) So I am going to talk about uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. It's the first book in the King Killer Chronicles, which I did mention in the last episode of season one when we were talking about um, books that we're looking forward to being released in the upcoming yes, year. Yes, I remember Hopefully. that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did a summary this time. I didn't personally write it, obviously. Because why would I do that when there are tons of other summaries out there? But this one is actually just from my local library's website. Because I was like trying to find one that didn't give stuff away and wasn't too in-depth. And then I found the library one and was like, oh, this this works really nicely. So the name of the wind summary from saclibrary.org. This is the story of a hero told in his own voice. It is a tale of sorrow, a tale of survival, a tale of one man's search for meaning in his universe and how that search and the indomitable will that drove it gave birth to a legend. So begins the tale of Kavoth, from his childhood in a troop of traveling players to years spent as a near-feral orphan in a crime-riddled city to his daringly brazen bid to enter a difficult and dangerous school of magic. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds intense. It's very cool. It's such a good book. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to. Do you want to give a summary of your book while we're here? Um, You know what? At this stopping I point? really will. I also did not write my synopsis because every single time I tried to write it, I felt like I was giving away too much information. Um, okay. And especially because we're going to talk about the book more in depth as we go on. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to give everything away. So I'm just going to read the synopsis that's on the author's website. Um, so Beth O'Leary is the author. It's just on her website. Tiffy Moore needs a cheap flat and fast. Leon works nights and needs cash. Their friends think they're crazy, but it's the perfect solution. Leon occupies the one-bed flat while Tiffy's at work in the day, and she has the run of the place the rest of the time. But with obsessive ex-boyfriends, demanding clients at work, wrongly imprisoned brothers, and, of course, the fact that they still haven't met, they're about to discover that if you want the perfect home, you need to throw the rule book out the window. Dot, dot, dot. Ooh. I All know. right. Romance is in the air, baby. Yeah, we have two very different books going on. Yeah, I think this episode is really setting the stage for who we are as readers. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, Did you find any fun facts about Beth O'Leary? Well, I mostly just wanted to mention that she has three books Mm -hmm. in total. Um, So The Flat Share, The Switch, and The Road Trip. And all of them have been best-selling books on the Sunday Times, which is like the UK version of the New York Times. That's cool. Have you read all three of them? I have read this one and I've read The Switch, but The Road Trip is like fairly new, I think. I haven't read that one yet. All right. Nice. So I've got a couple fun facts for The Name of the Wind. Hit me. Uh, The first one being Patrick Rothfuss is from Wisconsin. Whoa, that's a good yep. fact. Yeah, I was like, oh, Maggie will really like this. <laughs> Thank you, I do. Because she's from Wisconsin, uh, which for our foreign listeners is a state in the United States that shares Lake Michigan with Michigan. Uh, and there's like a, a rivalry because we share a lake, basically. I'm from Mich- Michigan. Maggie is from Wisconsin. We fight all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's so <laughs> evident that we are very torn up about this information. Yeah. We really, we have a lot of Midwest state pride. <laughs> well, honestly, it's just really funny because Michigan, I think, literally hates every other state that touches it. Does it really? Yeah. Like there's a giant rivalry with Ohio, which I mean, I kind of get because there's nothing particularly interesting in Ohio, like driving through it. No offense, guys. I know people that live in Ohio, though, too. Um, And then there's Indiana. I don't remember if Illinois hits any part of Michigan. I think it might just hit Lake Michigan. like the corner. Yeah. And then Wisconsin shares the lake, mm-hmm. which I think Lake Michigan is the best lake of all five of them. So it's totally the best lake. Mm-hmm. Even I can Im- agree to that. Yeah, because it is. Um, it is. <laughs> so that was one fun fact. Another one is it took Patrick Rothfuss 15 years to write The Name of the Wind. Wow. I know, which is a long time, but that also, like, after learning that fact, I was like, oh, so that's why the third book is taking so long. That that checks out now. And finally, he started a charity fundraiser called World Builders, which is super cool. And he does a lot of stuff on, like, Twitch 
streaming. So like I've watched a couple videos of him just talking to people that like show up in the chat box and stuff. Um, but I've donated to world builders before, like in the past year, because the fundraiser that was happening, there were different prize levels for it. Mm -hmm. And so everyone was working towards getting the prize level of him reading the prologue for his third book. So of course I donated for that because obviously it's a good cause. And then also we get the prologue for the third book, which we did. It was so cool. Ooh, um, sweet. I know. I know. I think they actually like upped it. They kept upping the levels. I don't remember, but I think they got as far as like the first chapter is going to be read and narrated by multiple people. So very cool. That's very, right? very cool. Yeah. Super exciting. Well, Julia, unless you have any more fun facts. Uh, nope. Just three. Sweet. I mean, a solid amount. Um, yeah. But how did you come across this book? So funny story. Not really that funny. I actually was introduced to this book through one of my exes. Mm, Similar-ishly okay. to how uh, The Night Circus was introduced to me. Actually around the same time too. So I read The Night Circus and it was really good. And then I started like hanging around this other guy and was like, you should totally read this. It's super cool. And he never read it. And then was like, but you should read this book because I think it's better. And so I read it and was like, oh, this is this is a very good book. Obviously, it didn't make my top, like top, top book because we didn't talk about it in the very first episode. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, but it didn't work out with that guy because our zodiac signs didn't match. Mm, I'm sure one of many reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm an Aquarius and he's a dick. So we're, oh. here we are. Uh, but the book is really good. So sweet. It's worth the slight trauma coming back up to reread this book. Oh, well, I'm sorry you had that, but also I'm pretty jazzed to read the book. Yeah, it's super cool. And there's tons of stuff in it. Um, so I'm excited to read about it. How did you get into, how did you find the flat share? Yes. Um, okay. So I actually found the flat share from the book podcast that I listen to, Books Unbound. And one of the co-hosts, Mm -hmm. On there, Ray, uh, Raylene is her name, is very, very similar to you, Julia, oh. like in the books that they read. And they highly, highly recommended The Flat Share. Like they would not stop talking okay. about it. And I was like, if someone who doesn't read romance is suddenly mm -hmm. really hyping up a romance book, I needed to read it. That makes sense. I needed sense. to check it out. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that is how I came across it. I love that. So the genre of the flat share is a romance. Is it like a rom-com? Is there a subgenre of romance or is it just straight up romance? I would definitely consider it a rom-com. I mean, I genuinely was laughing out loud reading this book. And it's also, um, I'm going to combine our next question too. Okay. As to why this one is a favorite for me. Mm -hmm. I read a lot of romance books and Every so often you read one that is just a little bit different. And it's not even like the plot is super unique. 
Because at the end of the day, a lot of rom-coms use the same tropes. Mm -hmm. But there's just something about the characters that have so much soul. Like their relationship is so, I don't know, like you can feel it. It actually feels really, really real. And they also deal with other things outside of their romance. So like Tiffy has a really emotionally abusive ex-boyfriend who is stalking her. And like Leon's brother was falsely imprisoned and he's trying to get him out. And so there's other things that are happening that force Leon and Tiffy to join the other in their world. Mm -hmm. It's not just them fake dating and falling in love. It's them really learning who the other is and falling in love because of that, which I love. Yes. Yeah. That's so cute. Thank you. Um, So Julia, what genre is yours and what makes it a favorite for you? So I... (laughs) I'm going to go into a small genre analysis for you. Oh, uh, Julia, yeah. take it away. Literary scholar over here. No, just kidding. Um, I had to Google a lot of stuff because I was trying to figure <laughs> out what genre this is considered. Um, and it, I believe it's considered an epic fantasy, which is similar but not the same as high fantasy. So then that's where the Googling was coming in. It was like, okay, well, what's the difference between epic and high fantasy? Not a lot. They're very interchangeable. Um, High fantasy is set in generally medieval times. They have magic. They have other like races of magical beings, like all of that. There's Mm -hmm. usually in high fantasy – an adventure, obviously, between people to like solve a, a world problem or like a problem within their community. Epic fantasy is similar, is that it's a medieval setting, but it's with or without magic, and the the scale of the story is much bigger. It's it's epic. Okay. Um, so kind of like the way there's poetry and there's epic poetry. One epic poetry is much longer and two epic poetry just is on a bigger scale, you know? Yeah. So like the Iliad is an epic poem, whereas Emily Dickinson is not an epic poem. No. No. She has very lovely but short poems. So that's kind of the difference between like epic and high fantasy, but they are relatively interchangeable. And there's also low fantasy, which is set in like an earth – Earth-like setting, it can be whenever. It's not really a medieval time frame, and there's magic involved. So low fantasy is closer to magical realism. Yes, I. So yeah, I was about to ask about that. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Harry Potter is low fantasy. A Discovery of Witches is low fantasy. Name of the Wind is epic fantasy. Lord of the Rings is high fantasy. Kind of genres are interchangeable like that. Thank you Thanks. for those fun facts. Yeah. So this is a favorite for me because it's just really cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's not funny. That is a completely valid reason. No, it's it's really cool. The magic systems are really interesting because, I mean, the main character, Kavoth, is incredibly smart and he grows up with a troupe like his parents are traveling actors it's like a giant acting troupe they're they're known throughout the land and they just go places they oh that's are so cool a rambling band of actors which is really cool and then tragedy strikes and Kavoth is an orphan and you learn about 
his coping mechanisms and then when he finally like starts breaking out of those coping mechanisms to start living again he goes to the university and that opens like a whole other universe like the universe is huge the universe is huge in this and there's magic in it and there's two types of magic one is sympathy magic which is very scientific it's like if you can bind one one thing to another thing like say you bind a pen to a rock i guess and like you want to pick up the pen um without touching the pen so you do that by picking up the rock because they're bound the rock then weighs the amount of the rock and the pen but you can lift it up without touching the pen you know oh okay yes i get so, what you're saying Yeah. So there's that scientific end of it, which is really cool. But then there's also another type of magic that's just naming magic, which is like, if you know the true name of something, you can call it. Oh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's a very like academic fantasy, but it's not a dark academia type book, I guess. Yeah. That's, it's so funny because I just finished um, Ninth House by mm-hmm. Lee Bardugo. Yeah. And one of the magics in that is the power of names. Mm. So if you like say a ghost's name, they can get closer to you and like have the power to inhabit your body. Oh, so you don't want to say ghost names. No, because it's it's like the familiarity opens up a portal mm-hmm. and like a connection to you. Yeah, that makes very sense. It yeah. makes sense. I mean, it's very Rumpelstiltskin to like... Totally. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're so right. Well, Julia, do you have a favorite line or section from The Name of the Wind? I do. I have two favorites. One of them goes along with my favorite character, one of my favorite characters in the book, but it's not – I'm going to do the one that's not first. Um, So Kavoth is relatively young. He's like a young genius and doesn't know anything about women, which is very endearing. But also the women in the book are people. They're just treated like people, which is also very nice because like a lot of male authors treat them like they're some different magical being, which we are, but uh, we're also people. And so this is a conversation between Kavoth and one of his friends. That's a lady. Um, And it's, if I didn't know better, Mola said as we made our way around a tall brick chimney. I'd think that you were luring me somewhere quiet for a sinister purpose. What makes you think I'm not? I asked lightly. You don't seem the type, she said. Besides, you can barely walk. If you tried anything, I'd just push you off the roof. (laughs) Which I think is really funny. Sweet. Yeah, because it's just like, yeah. I mean, light threats are just very funny to me. Um, And they're friends. Like, she wouldn't – I don't think she would actually, but she might. Uh, And then this one goes along with my favorite character. And it is between Master Elodin and Kavoth. And it said, <laughs> Master Elodin, I said, then stopped. I had no idea what I could possibly say in a situation like this. Please, we're all friends here. Feel free to call me by my first name, Master. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because Master Elodin is so goofy to me. I love that. I have had this book on my shelf for so long. I have a yeah. copy of it here. I bought no a way. copy when I moved here. Yeah, you had talked about it so much. So 
Maybe I'll finally read it. Mm, I think you should. There's also a joke in it that I finally got this time around. I've read this book like four or five times. And and there was just one joke there. I was like, I don't understand what's so funny about this. And then I finally got it. I was like, oh my God, I feel like such a dumbass right okay. now. I'm going to read it and then I want you to and then we'll confer on the joke. Right. To make you'll sure see I get if it. it you'll you'll I bet you'll know it when okay. you get to it. We'll see. I hope so now. I hope so too. I feel like you know <laughs> me well enough to be like, is this the joke? And be like, yes, <laughs> it was. I bet so. I bet so. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. So do you yes. want to share your favorite liner section? Yes. You know me. I love sharing a good, sweet, and cheesy quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is chock full of them and they're so sweet and cheesy and they, they tread the line perfectly. Not so okay. much that you're like kind of barfing in your mouth, but we're just mm. like, mm, that's beautiful. Um, so I did one from Tiffy and one from Leon. So you can kind of, I don't know, get a nice quote from each. Um, so this one is from Leon. Being nice is a good thing. You can be strong and nice. You don't have to be one or the other which I liked. I thought that was really nice. That is nice. And then give me one second. Okay. And this is a quote that Tiffy Tiffy says to Leon. Um, and it's sort of a double meaning quote because Leon yeah. works as, um, he works at a hospital. He works with cancer patients, but also he's referring to it in his personal life as well. Oh, okay. So kind of a double meaning. You need to remind yourself that there is no saving of people. People can only save themselves. The best you can do is help when they're ready. And I know. I really liked that too. And then I just want to share this because I think it's really relatable. <laughs> um, and it's, have you ever looked forward to reading a book so much you can't actually start it? Have you ever had that? Because I actually have. Yes. I I do that with a lot of like... The final books in the series. That's exactly – okay, specifically in this book, they were talking about the final Harry Potter book. And mm, I find mm-hmm. if it's like the last book and I've enjoyed the series so much but and I'm mm-hmm. so excited to read it, I am so terrified of the ending that I can't bring myself to do it. I know, right? I actually realized like – a couple of weeks ago that I was doing that for shows that I was watching. Like really? I had just left like two or three shows without watching the last episode of them. I was like, oh no, I have to, I got to finish this. It's, it was weird. Um, but yeah, I definitely do that for books and shows apparently. Yeah. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's really, really tough. It is. So is Tiffy your favorite character? I would say yes. I think Tiffy is my favorite character. She is so relatable and she's not like a classic rom-com lead. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's described as being six feet tall. Like she's oh, really, dang. really tall. And she's like, she wears, she um, works in, she works for like a crocheting magazine and she like crochets and makes a lot of her own clothes. She's really wacky and I love her so much. She um, sounds cool. She's very cool. She's very, very fun. I also really love Leon's brother. I would say he is probably my second favorite character. I can't remember his name, but he's the one who has been wrongfully imprisoned um, and Mm -hmm. they're working Mm -hmm. to get him out of jail. 
And he is actually, he talks to Tiffy before Leon talks to Tiffy. Tiffy like Aww. answers the phone and it's him on the phone. And so they like create this friendship before oh, she's even met Leon. It's so smart. It's so good. I loved it so much. I'm going to have to check this book out. You it really are. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you have a least favorite character? Um, 1000%. It's Justin. Mm. He is. What a name. Yeah. He's Tiffy's ex-boyfriend. Oh, F him. Um, yeah. And he is really, really not great. He is horrible to Tiffy hmm. and cheats on her ah! and then and then like stalks her and does all of these like really creepy things. He gaslights her all of the time. It's it's really horrible. And I do want to commend Beth O'Leary because she like full on talks about the topics without mm-hmm. sort of brushing them under the rug. I feel like sometimes that happens in different, especially yeah. romances yeah, yeah. where they're like, oh, you were with this ex and he was terrible, but we're just going to sort of talk about it, but not really. And Beth right. O'Leary like, is like, oh, we don't want to get into that. Yeah. And she talks about like the trauma that Tiffy has to deal with mm-hmm. and like what triggers her because of this relationship that she had. And it's, oh. I, it's, it's so well written. It's just like, it's so realistic and not just like a fluffy romance, but Justin is literally the worst. He sounds like the worst. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like you can't cheat on someone and then also stalk them. Pick a lane. No, you can't. You cannot. But also I feel like that's just people who sort of have, I don't know, like a God complex. They think Mm. they're better than everyone. They can have it both ways. Yeah. We talked about that in one of the other books that you were reading recently. Yes. The Annoying God Complex. It it, it really grinds my gears. That's it, mm-hmm. I think it's like my least favorite thing in characters is when they think that they're better than everyone else. Yeah, and it's not even cute. It's not cute. No, it's not. Like it's, 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 not, not. <laughs> it's not an attractive trait. Um, okay, cool. Yes, what about you? Favorite and least favorite character? Okay, so I would say Master Elodin is one of my favorite characters in this book. He is the master namer at the university. Um, and he reminds me, okay, this is going to sound really dumb, but he, his energy reminds me of Daedalus Diggle from Harry Potter. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Yeah. Like he he obviously he's a master. Like he has intelligence. He is a smart dude, but he's also just so wishy-washy and and just enjoys the little things in life. It makes it makes me laugh. Uh he doesn't show up very much in the book, but whenever he does, I'm just like, this is great. Um my other favorite character I think is probably Denna, who is the woman that Kavoth just adores and loves all of the time. She also doesn't show up very much in the book um, because she's a very free-spirited woman. Mm, okay. And she travels everywhere. Like they met on the road, like he was going to the university and she didn't really know where she was going. She's like, oh, well, I'm just here and <laughs> I'll go where I feel like going. Um, the downside of Denna's character is that she's kind of She's kind of trapped in the concepts of like needing another person to like help her survive wherever she's at. So right. she she relies on like finding some poor sap of a man who's like, oh God, she's gorgeous. Let's just dote on her forever. But then when they start getting too clingy, she just 
ghosts and leaves town. Um, yeah. So she's a very free-spirited character, and I love that. And she's very funny and straightforward with Kavoth. And Kavoth, obviously, because he doesn't really know anything about women, is just like he sees that she's like this and doesn't want to scare her away. Mm. So he's always very cautious around her. But they're great friends. Like whenever they show up together, they just have this this wonderful chemistry together. Um, but I really like Denna. Denna is – interesting also she changes her name in every town that she goes to it's some <laughs> sort of like similar version to denna but there's like uh dina or diana or danae or just stuff like that which is it's interesting it's very interesting um, i love that right she's so cool she's yes so cool. i love that so much that's very very cool mm-hmm. um and my least favorite character is 100 percent ambrose Jackis. J-A-K-I-S. Okay, Jackies. that's too close. <laughs> you got to read the be book. An accident. It's not. <laughs> He's the worst. He's the oh, worst. No. Oh, God, I hate him. He's like this pompous a-hole that just survives to make Kavoth's life harder. Like, they, they have this enmity at university oh, that yeah. is just is uh it curdles like i just i'm already curling up into myself which is how Ooh. much i dislike ambrose he the first time we see him he's just like really rude cuz he also works as like a librarian assistant essentially he's like the gatekeeper okay. to the library oh and there's like more more people he was just working there that day and Kavoth is like, well, I'm a new student. I would like to be here. And he's like, well, you're not on the list, so you can't. Um, and and so Kavoth gets turned away, which is really disappointing. Um, which, I mean, when you think about it like that, obviously, it's not that bad. But the way that it was done is just awful. And then the second time we see him, he's like trapped some poor woman under his arm like there's two attendants at the library now and he's got his hand like over her shoulder basically pinning her to the desk so he can like smarmily talk to her and i'm Ew. just like that's disgusting and then kavoth comes in and he's a very heroic type character but in a smart ass way so right. He sees that like Ambrose is writing this poetry <laughs> and and he like reads it upside down. And then when Ambrose is like, you're interrupting, come back another day. Um, he's just like, why? So you can write this shitty poetry. <laughs> and he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then they have it out in there and it's 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 just escalates from there. It's awful. Ambrose is easily my least favorite he's like the umbrage of the book obviously he's the voldemort of the book but he is the umbrage well umbrage is undoubtedly worse than voldemort i think we can mm -hmm. all agree oh yeah Ugh. but yeah um <laughs> are you okay <laughs> uh yeah i think i'm okay ambrose is the worst i'm so sorry you had to even read about him Ugh. well i can't wait for you to read about him so then you can text me and be like oh my gosh you know Please, I'm going to angry text you. Worst. Please do. I will. Okay. Well, <laughs> Julia, really yeah. if you could bring something out of the book into your world, what would it be and why? Mm. 
So Quoth really likes pockets. He has a cloak with a ton of pockets on it. And I think it would be really cool if cloaks came back into fashion to have like a green, his green cloak with all of the pockets and all of the little stuff in all of the pockets. I agree that cloaks should come back into fashion. Yeah. It's just like, let's make it socially acceptable to wear a blanket on your shoulders instead of having to wear a coat. Like, please. I would look so cool walking down the streets in a cloak. (laughs) Or like bring dusters back into fashion. Oh, yeah. Those are cute, too. I actually wear dusters with relative frequency. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I know you see me in sweatshirts all of the time. (laughs) But when I'm actually going somewhere, I usually have a duster. It wasn't a judgmental do you. It was a genuine do you. No, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, What would you bring from your book into the world? It is really hard to say. Just yeah, because yours is like close to Earth anyway, right? Yes, it is very realistic and it's a romance. So it always, it feels like more focused than maybe others would be where they have other things happening. Mm-hmm. So instead, I will create my own question and talk mm. about my favorite aspect of the growing romance. Mm. And it is that, and I think it's so cute. They have never met. They don't meet each other before they agree to share a bed and a flat at all. And they start their relationship by leaving post-it notes with each other for each other Mm -hmm. about like the first one Tiffy leaves is like, I made a lot of food. You can have the leftovers. And then all of a sudden they're like asking personal questions. They're like getting to know each other through these post-it notes. Like Uh and when you're halfway through the book, they talk about the giant stack of post-it notes that's been created because they just keep talking to each other. And Uh I love it. I That's love adorable. It. That's like the texting trope. Yes, but better. Yeah, because it's post-its. Yes. <laughs> and I just want everything to be set in the 90s and early 2000s. So it's like I'm getting what I want <laughs> because of the lack of texting, but it's still kind of being modern. So the do short, they have – with the post-its, do they respond on the post-it or do they have like separate colored post-its to – They just respond numbers. on top oh, of the post-it. Okay. But sometimes because Tiffy is really chatty, it'll be like a train of post-its and it'll be like seven in a row where she's writing down everything. That's she adorable. Needs to write. I love it so much. It it made me smile so much. I must have looked like an idiot. It's so cute. Uh so obviously there is a romance. Is it is it a spicy? Like when do they meet? Does it get spicy? They don't actually meet face to face until maybe um, I would say like 50 or 60% of the way into the book. Okay. They finally meet face to face. And there is like a steamier scene, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's very s- spicy or graphic. Okay. It's very like, this is what's going to happen. And now we close the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, okay. So it's yeah. like a very PG steamy. Yeah, definitely. It's like, you know that they're doing it on the beach, but you only see their shoulders. Exactly. You yeah. get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just like calling back to Eternals, the Marvel movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, there's two characters that do it on the beach. But Sweet. Sounds you see their shoulders. messy. Yeah. I don't even know if they had anything under them. And uh-huh. honestly, like getting sand in your butt crack is <laughs> not fun. It's enough to convince me never to do that. Yeah, like it already happens wearing a swimsuit. Why would you not wear a swimsuit? (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) 
Well, um, are there any spicy romances in your novel? Uh, no, not really, no. There's, so Kavoth's parents get kind of body with each other, but in a fun way. Like, they just, you can tell how much they love each other. And it's one of those, like, Kavoth, go collect firewood so we can spend time in our caravan kind of situation. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but it's it's not... It's not anything that would be considered gross. It's just like what happens in it, their right. parents. Um, in terms of Kavoth, he's not romantic. There is – so there is some spice in the second book. Um, and I feel like a lot of people initially did not like it um, because they thought that it was incredibly graphic oh. toward women. But like – I read the book. It was like, I don't see the issue here personally. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously it, I don't know. I don't know. People are just, I feel like a prude most of the time, but when it comes to fantasy books, it really doesn't, it's a fantasy book. Um, yeah. But it's not between Kavoth and Denna. Which what? maybe is the reason people were actually upset by it because it wasn't Denna being super graphic about it. But in terms of the first book, no, not really. No. No. Nice. That seems pretty typical for mm -hmm. most. I would say for most, like, I don't know. Would you say male dominated fantasy? I mean, like, what, if it's like a mean? male character? Because I feel like when I read a fantasy and it's a female character, Mm. It, there's more likely going to be a romance right away. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's quite possible because obviously all that women can think about is love. Obviously. And doing it. Although that's not true because isn't Game of Thrones really spicy? Yeah, but Game of Thrones isn't specifically a female or male dominated book. That's true too. So if we're talking about like a male narrated book versus a female narrated book. Yeah. I mean – out, I'm just looking at my books across the way. <laughs> Outlander has a lot of sex in it, and that's Claire's point of view. Discovery of Witches does not, and that's female. Akatar does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey -o. I don't know. I think generally speaking, yeah, probably. That was just a weird thought that I had, but I don't know if it's true. I, I don't know if I've read enough fantasy recently to even be able to make that claim. Yeah, I'm going to have to, like, think about it every time I read a fantasy book now. Yeah, totally let I'll me know if my theory is right. Yeah, please yeah. do. It's like my theory. I had a theory when I was younger that was, like, uh, all Disney princesses, if they're blonde, end up with a dark-haired prince. Really? Mm -hmm. Actually, for most characters, if they're blonde, they end up with a dark-haired person. That is totally true. Mm -hmm. Good fun fact. Yeah. It was when I was primarily blonde. I was like, well, I am attracted to dark-haired people. So, Well, there we go. And that's but now why. I have purple hair, so who's to say? Well, now you can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Julia, is there an antagonist in your book? And are they more of a morally gray character or legitimately bad? I feel like we've touched on this. Because yeah. you hinted at there being both a Voldemort and an Umbridge-esque character. But yeah. I'll let you take it away. Yeah. So... Ambrose is, I think, the closest antagonist. I really like looking at 
antagonist in like the bullseye perspective where the closest one is Ambrose. He is the worst. We hate him. The next one would probably be a couple of the teachers. And I think they're more jealous than actually bad. They're just like not a fan of Kavoth being as intelligent as he is for as young as he is. Because he gets into university at like 15 or 16. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. Where okay. everyone else is like 18 to 20 ish. Mm, so he is okay. he is very young. Um, and then like the furthest out are the Shandrian, which are kind of like fairy tale characters. They're like okay. real life fairy tale characters. No one actually believes that they exist except Kavoth. Because Kavoth has seen them and met them. Um, oh, okay. And so it's like, it's an interesting aspect in that Kavoth has the knowledge that these beings exist, but the world does not believe that they exist. So when he starts trying to research it, they're like, stop trying to look up kids' stuff. This isn't real. And he's just like, "I where else am I supposed to look? Right. Like, this is why I'm at the university to figure this out. Um, Interesting. That's very, mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, that mystery is a very compelling mystery in the book. Hmm, love that. That's yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. So, uh, Justin is he the antagonist? In yeah. This book? I would say it's like Justin is the worst. Um, he's definitely an antagonist because he is legitimately malicious to Tiffy, and then. Um, Leon starts with a girlfriend in the book and I believe her name is Kay and she's just a bit possessive and thinks a bit highly of herself. Like Mm -hmm. she's the one who meets Tiffy to see if Tiffy can live in the flat. And the way that she talks to Leon makes it seem like she's only letting Tiffy live there because she knows she's prettier than Tiffy. It's just like these little jabs that she makes. Uh, That's so awkward. Yeah, women in competition with other women are really un- unfortunate. Yeah. So that's – she's more of just a minor antagonist, but definitely not a great person. Okay. Okay. Um, is this a show? Is the Flat Share a show? It is not a movie or a show. Are you going to make it one? I would love to. Or I would <laughs> love it if just somebody did. I genuinely think that this would make a fabulous, fabulous movie. It would be so good. From what you described, honestly, I would watch that. It sounds – it reminds me kind of of The Lake House. Did you ever see that with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Where they like Throwback. communicate through the mailbox. Yes. But they have like a weird time travel thing going on, yeah. which always boggled my mind. <laughs> but yeah, sort of like that, but without the time travel. <laughs> yeah. A little I, more straightforward. I, right. <laughs> I do. I just think it 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 would do so well as a movie. I really yeah, believe that. That'd be super cute. Um, is yours a movie slash show? It is being uh made into a show. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but I do know that Lynn Manuel Miranda, who also loves this book, is in charge of the music for it because Kavoth is very musically talented and sings and writes music and does a lot of cool stuff. Oh my gosh, um, very cool. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's been paused or if there's actually movement on this. I just remember learning that information after reading the second book for the first time. Um, oh, very cool. When did you find 
that out? Was that a few years ago? Uh, I want to say it was probably probably in like 2015, 2014, 2015. And I haven't really heard much since oh, okay. then. I also haven't really looked. So Yeah. It might have just been on pause or it might just take a while. It kind of takes a while to do fantasy. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's an epic story. So yeah. there's a lot that's going into it. Plus the third book is not out yet. So they don't I mean, want to they don't they want to get waiting. ahead like they yeah. did with Game of Thrones. They really might be waiting for it to come out. <laughs> they, they could be. be. They could be. Um <laughs> I think this is being developed into like a video game too. I feel like I oh. read that at some point. Um hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, a lot of different things. Everyone really likes this book. This book is super cool. It's been recommended to me by numerous people mm-hmm. and I am I love fantasy, but it, I struggle more with like high fantasy. And I know that you, this isn't like high fantasy, but for it to be recommended to me so many times, yeah. I know it must be amazing. Honestly, I don't, it doesn't feel like a high fantasy the way that like Wheel of Time did. Yeah. Cause I couldn't finish Wheel of Time. I didn't actually, I got maybe two chapters in and then I watched the show and was like, this is good enough. I liked the show, um, but it also came out at the same time as Witcher and. Witcher season two is much better than Wheel of Time. Oh boy. Oh, hot takes. Yep. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen either. So, ah, uh, Maggie. Sorry. No, you've been busy. It's fine. I have. I'm in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Julia, are there any headcanons theories that you have about this book? Uh, there are too many to really go into, but. All right, pick one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so hard to even just pick one. Okay, so Kavoth is telling the story. He's the narrator of this book and the second book and the third one when the third one comes out. When we meet him, he is a barkeeper um, or like an innkeep in a random town and is basically in hiding. Like, we learn that pretty early on. He's very sad okay. and in hiding. Um, And we don't know why. So we learn sort of, like, what's leading up to where he's at now in the books. But he has this box. He has this box in his room that has no way of opening it. And it's made of, like, a bunch of different materials. And there are theories about what is locked in the box. And I think it's his name. (gasps) That's a good theory. Yes. Oh my God. Do you think you'll find out (laughs) in the third book? I, yes, I think we will. It's just one of those, like, I'm probably wrong, but he has a hard time doing sympathy as the innkeep. And so it just makes me feel like because he's going by a different name, because he's in hiding, maybe he doesn't have his name. And therefore, he can't do sympathy. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a podcast I listen to that goes really deep into theories um, called The King Killer Podcast. Hmm. I think I talked about it before. You have. Yes, indeed. They're very cool. Um, their episodes are super long, but they go really deep into theories about stuff. Yeah. And so when I'm feeling that urge to just listen to – dudes theorizing about the deep scope of this book i listen to it um because it's super cool also they follow me on instagram and like my stuff so obviously Um, they're cool 
Yeah, obviously. That's yeah. super cool. Congratulations. Right? Thanks. It's actually one of the highlights when I like stuff from different podcasts and then the podcasts like me back. <laughs> like, I don't know. Minor celebrities in my mind. Um, Absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any headcanons or theories from your book? That I don't really think there are any to be had. Yeah. Um, it's very straightforward. Very straightforward, open and shut <laughs> novel. So nothing to share. All right. All right. <laughs> would if would you be any of the characters in the book if you could? I guess I I mean I love Tiffy. She's definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I would probably I would probably want to be like one of her friends or something or like her kooky boss. <laughs> okay. Um who like is in charge of this crochet magazine, which is just very niche and funny. I could see you doing that though. Like Thank that you. just seems really fun. <laughs> what about you? Uh if I could live as Master Eladin just for like a week, I think I would be good. I don't need to stay in the universe, but like I really do want to know what's going on in his brain. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> because he he's also very kooky and he just gets to do what he wants and just – he has a class that's uh, called something – it's something like the theory of everything and where is the class everywhere? When is the class all the time? And it's just like, okay. I like that we both just kind of want to be kooky old people. Right? Like, I don't actually want to be the main character in this book. I just I just want to be in the universe somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Right. It just seems fun. Well, Julia, golly yeah. gee, final question. Mm -hmm. Do you have any books to recommend for people who love The Name of the Wind? I don't know. I mean, it's such a singular book in my mind. I think The Name of the Wind, maybe Mistborn. Mm -hmm. Um, I read that one not long after reading Name of the Wind for the first time. And Mistborn is also an epic fantasy, but from a female's perspective. There's not sexy stuff happening in that one, though. Okay. Yeah, theory is dying. Yeah, well, okay. Not she has a thing for a guy, but nothing happens because she's a thief and doesn't really hmm. nothing really goes on with that until much later. Um, but yeah, maybe Mistborn. That's about it. If you haven't read Name of the Wind, you should definitely check it out. Okay, sweet. Mm-hmm. What about you? Find. Yeah, oh, okay. what would you recommend for Flatshare? Well, I've read a million romance novels. So here are just a few of my favorites. Rom-coms with some soul. Mm. Really good rom-coms. So Red, White, and Royal Blue. Yes. We had a podcast episode about that. It is super funny. It is so romantic. Highly recommend. It's by Casey McQuiston. Um, So that is one, People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry, um, which is about two best friends who have fallen out of touch and go on this really cheap vacation together Mm -hmm. um, to sort of rekindle their friendship. So good. And The Love Hypothesis, which I just read, um, which is about a PhD student doing cancer research who um, gets into a fake relationship, but it's like so grounded. Like they both need to be in the fake relationship for things happening in their lives that I supported it entirely. I really like fake relationship tropes. Me too. I think they're fun. I read Boyfriend Material over our break, and that was a fake relationship that I was, like, very into. 
Nice. Okay. I'll have to check that one out too. Yeah. But that would be what I recommend. I know a lot of people love The Switch, which is Beth O'Leary's other book. I couldn't really get into it, but if you like her writing style, that might be a good option for you too. All right. Cool. And with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. If you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. Uh, we're off to record our newest mini-sode for our Patreon. So if you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thanks for being a novel friend. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye.